Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Marglin. And I'm Chris Marglin. Let's expand the conversation. All right, well, then let's go ahead and get started. So obviously, I know who you are, but how would you give your uh, what is your elevator pitch of who you are? So uh, so you can tell everybody else. (sighs) Who am I? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I like the side. We could just leave it at that. (sighs) Do I give the good version or like the real version? Okay, I'm Elizabeth Horan. You guys know me as Winter Rose, as Ellie, as E. Horan Poet. I'm a 46-year-old mom of two little boys, right? And 10. I poetry is kind of like my second wind in life. I really struggled to find myself, you know, from like middle school till 35. Didn't go like a lot of trauma, a lot of bad decisions, a lot of self-harm and bad jobs. And then I had my two kids and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try again. And I had quit drinking. I had quit, you know, all the kind of bad things I was doing to hurt myself when I had my first kid. And I went back to school and got my two master's degrees and started writing poetry. And now I'm teaching community college English. So I've gone from, you know, waitressing to professor Horan. And granted, the community college pay is not so great, but like, I'm doing something I love. And I'm publishing poems and I'm getting to do things like interview with you. So <laughs> like things are going better. That's um, awesome. It's, I mean, that's, that's one hell of a story. I mean, I know this, I know, I know from your writing, there's a whole lot more that goes into that, but I mean, yeah. as a, as kind of the elevator pitch, I mean, that really is, it is who you are and it is what makes you, you know, I know on your Twitter, it says poet, uh, what poet goddess, and like, I hear people refer to you sometimes, as, you know, like the, you know, the, the godmother of poetry type feeling, you know, there's a reason that people, I think, look to you for advice. And, you know, you were one of the first when, when poetry question kind of started up again, you were one of the first that I turned to for like, Hey, yeah, we were kind we're of here. like on the same plane, like yeah. let's, let's help each other out. Right. Yeah. And I would kind of and like, I bring you poets, you'd help me. Like, I love that, that relationship. That's what Twitter should do. It is. And it's exactly, it's definitely the thing that makes Twitter so wonderful is you build this network of people that you would never, I mean, like you can't get to that many readings in real life to meet that many people, no. you know, no. and obviously you didn't mention it, at least you mentioned it very quickly, but Animal Heart Press is, you know, you guys are such a small name. Uh, you've definitely, uh, you guys have a, a pretty amazing reputation yeah. and you've built that yeah. because you've an brought an amazing in, author. Yeah. Catalog. Well, and that's the thing, you've built that by bringing in a family of poets. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I love. And I know I've talked to other poets about you guys. Mm-hmm. It feels like a family. Mm-hmm. And well, we, and we say that when an author comes in, we're like, welcome to our family. And we have a, like their own WhatsApp chat room and, you know, they can write us anytime. And 
after we publish the book, they're still in our family. And like, we invite them all to all of our launches and Zooms and, you know, keep them close. Like yeah. we're there for you, baby. You know, That's we don't just awesome. send you off into the back, into the wild. It's like you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're part of it. But it came from me having such bad experiences with presses and things like being ghosted and things like, you know, someone saying they'll do your book and then just never writing you again or whatever, or they do your book and then zero marketing, zero publicity, zero support. Like, there you go, dear. We, we made you a book. Well, I could have made that right. on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> the same kind of experience all by myself. Yeah. So like our whole thing was like, the authors are the ones producing the poetry and the publisher should be honored it's a gift the poet is giving you because that yes. poet's not making jack squat for that no. book right in this little world we live in <laughs> very so much like, a very much a labor of is, love yes it is a gift and the author should be put on a pedestal and yes. revered and adored and supported so that was the whole yes. thing that was the whole model it's an amazing model and authors are like no one's ever done this for me you know and we're like we know because it, it sucks out there. It can be a harsh world. <laughs> yes, indeed. So we, um, we all know. We've all had rough experiences. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I feel like we've kind of started off on, like, the first real question of this about your passions. Yeah, I mean, I we think, did get into that. Yeah, I have the questions I, in front what, of me. What are, beyond, I mean, I guess you kind of explained a lot there, but what are your major passions right now in, in the world of poetry and literature? Within it. Within the, mm -hmm. within the Yeah. So I feel, I'm kind of. Oh, such a challenging question because it's so multifaceted. I'm trying to make a comeback. I mean, I really had a bad, bad crash with COVID and I had some difficult things happen relationship wise within the Twitter world. I kind of stopped writing. I was home with my kids. I started drinking again. I was smoking. Like I really like uh, nose dived. I don't do well isolated. I don't do well in a lockdown. And I don't think many of us do. Yeah. But I think moms with little kids in lockdown have a special cuckoo button got set off. So I'm trying to come back. I'm trying to find my voice again. And it's a different voice than the LA you know from two or three years ago. It's morphed and I'm kind of like, is it good still? I don't know. And so there's a lot of swirling self-doubt and in it has to feel that has to feel pretty good though. <laughs> to have a it has to feel pretty good coming back with a new voice and something that's you know that morphing. It is, yeah. it is. and I I it is and Broken Spine Arts is going to do my next book at the Ooh. end of October, a new Frida book. Which I will send you a copy of. And I just wrote Alan the other night and I was like, Alan, I'm kind of having like a panic attack that my poetry is not any good anymore. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I started crying. And he's like, Ellie, stop it. First of all, I accepted your book. So if you say it's shit, then I look like shit. Right. <laughs> so like, stop it. <laughs> you know, you're having kind of a little bit tantrum. And I was because Self-doubt as a poet is just like this vacuum spiral, painful thing. And when it's real, it's real. So I'm trying to come out of that. I'm about to teach a prose poetry workshop. Animal Heart, we're getting into more workshops, presenting as a press. So I'm going to do prose poetry coming Very up cool. um, it, like next week. So I got to get my shit together and get that ready. And I'm hoping to do an acrostic one. And like, if people have ideas for workshops you'd like me to do, just shout it out. And 
you know, just trying to reach out, stay close to my young poets, my young mentees, stay there for them, even though I'm not really there, be present with them the best I can until I feel better. That's kind of what I'm trying to do right now. Awesome. What about outside the world of poetry? Keep, keep a foot in the door and let the train run me over. I think your foot is always in the door. I mean, you're, you know, that, that, I think the writing side, sometimes it's, it's hard to remember why you want to write or that you do write in general. But I mean, you're always, it's good that you have those people that, that you reach out to that, you know, your mentees are kind of your mentors in a way in those moments. Yeah, they, my mentees have become my mentors because now they're the ones who are like, Ellie, stop it. You're fine. You're fine. Baby. You know, <laughs> they've all surpassed me. And now they come back to hold me up like the mother hen with her chicks. Adonio Agarau is at Iowa, at the Iowa MFA. I saw my, that. That's amazing. He's in Iowa. He's only 2,000 miles from me. He made it. He made it. And he and I worked for two years to get him here. I almost gave up. I would cry because I was like, it is virtually impossible from, for a young man in Nigeria to get to this country. It's amazing. Make it. amazing. You can do all the right things and they just don't want to let you. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to make it as hard as possible. And I wish I could bring them all here, right. but at least we have one and I'm hoping yeah. I'll get to see him like at Christmas. Maybe we'll see each other, which will be, cool. we'll have to video that, like That's getting awesome. to hug him for the first time. That's amazing. Will be something else. Yeah, I'll be a wreck. I'll be sobbing. <laughs> so, what about outside of poetry? What is your like major passion outside poetry? Obviously, you've got two young ones, but uh, you know, yeah. what is your what's your major passion outside of poetry? Keeping keeping my children alive is uh, first. <laughs> um, keeping them fed and, and alive. I got to stick to that. And then, you know, I have a really big passion, which is horseback riding and horses. Mm-hmm. I need to make a comeback there too, because I, I rode my whole life really and did quite a lot and taught lessons and all this stuff. And then I had a, a couple of bad accidents and I lost a couple of horses all in the span of that 2018 year. It was so rough for me and so much trauma, like the, with the, you know, cancer and hysterectomy. And, but I also published all these books, like I was writing maniacally. But I haven't been on a horse since I, I fell off and broke my back. And I I just am too scared. And I, I wish I could get that part back in my life because I love horses. I love animals. And I love being outside. So that would be a really good goal. And, I, and my kids like to do it with me. So I really Perfect. need to suck it up, you know. <laughs> nice. Other than that, like, you know, practicing my Spanish. I love having Spanish and I love singing in Spanish and dancing to salsa. And I'm a real kind of like a secret wild thing. Like I wish I could go out clubbing every night and dance the merengue with you. That's that would, <laughs> like go out, get some Mexican food and then go dancing oh, till like three in the morning. Awesome. Would be fun. Whenever <laughs> you are ready. I'm I in. Come Let's do it. We'll go. What is your writing process and do you have any like weird rituals or stereo? Are there like some odd, like stereotype things that you need to do or ritual type things that you have that you have to do to prepare yourself to get to work? It's a really, it's a good question. I mean, I get asked this a lot, I feel like, and I'm always like, I don't really have one. I really prefer to be alone. I prefer to be in the quiet. I prefer to be like in my bed with my cat on my laptop. But I've also written some of my best poems on my phone in grocery lines, 
sometimes I think when I'm less focused, I write better. And when I'm like honing in on the keyboard, like make it work, make it work. It gets cliche quick. So I almost think like not over trying is a secret of mine, (laughs) not deciding what the poem is and forcing it to see what happens. Like, but again, I don't feel like I've written that great poetry in some time. So I kind of need to work on like, what is my process now? And how am I going to really enjoy creating kind of these big ones, these big tough ones that people like from me, right. you know, in my bed with my cat. I mean, let's just Perfect. go with that. Otherwise, cell phone, doctor's office or grocery store. Very nice. Um, mine used to be the uh, the bathroom stall at my college was uh, was kind of where I started scrolling all over Maybe? the wall. So- we were similar in that way. Yeah, that yes. was my it was my cell phone back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> we come from the time before the cell phone. <laughs> there was a time before cell phones. Oh, there was. There were um, pagers. Oh yes, there were the yes. You were in the pager era. I yes, know you I were. yes, I was. <laughs> Obviously, you, you've talked a little bit about like uh, some of the pitfalls and obstacles and struggles that you've had along your journey. But what do you feel has been kind of that biggest pitfall? Yeah. And, and how mm-hmm. did you what did you do with that? How did you get through well, that? I might, I might be in one of them right now, which is <laughs> self-doubt. Yeah. What do you do when you aren't sure you're good anymore or relevant or and you get so depressed and paranoid, you think people, you think you're like bothering people by posting on social media. And I know I'm not the only person who's been in this because I've, I have some friends who are also massively depressed. And it's that same thing. You go into this like isolation. If you can't see me, it might be okay. And it's like the absolute worst instinct we'd have because how is that protecting me to hide, stop writing and lose contact with people who love me? I mean, it's completely insane, but that's why it is. It's depression and it's insane. I guess my only way to get through that is to not give up. And, you know, if you invite me to do this, say yes. Right. Don't let myself say no. Like, no, you're going to do that. Have the rational voice in your head force you to do things that are uncomfortable and then go enjoy it and stop being such a, you know, so hard on myself. I'm so, I can be so mean to myself. The other thing I would say, Chris, and I think this is an important one for my career was, you know, you know me and like the risks I take with my storytelling and, you know, of telling about my life. And like, so when I did Alcoholic Betty with Isabel at Fly on the Wall, it was kind of the most sharing I could do. I mean, I don't know how you share more than that, more embarrassing or shameful or, you know, stigmatized addiction than that book. And then you go, Oh my God, did I fucking publish that? Like, (laughs) did I, did I drop that book? And what do I do now? Like for one, how could I ever top that? And two, should I have even done it? You know, I was like overshare. I think though that, Um, I mean, and I think that's one of the things that makes you the mentor that you are though, is because not only are you sharing this, but you're sharing it in a way that people who haven't gone through those situations have an understanding of those situations. And I think that's the mentor in you. That's the teacher part of you coming out through your words, because I think you are such an honest writer that, that we do live those. And it's, you don't hide behind a a narrator in anything. So it is, you, you are who you are. And I think that allows us to really connect with what you, it can, it allows us to connect with your art and who you are. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
I mean, that makes me teary. It does. I, you know, I, I give it everything I do. And I, I want to like take the reader with me, but hold their hand and, you know, the readers, all of you, all of Twitter, all of everyone out there has held my hand so spectacularly and not let go, ah, you know? And we will continue to do so. that. <laughs> and with that leads us to kind of the fun question, uh, which okay, we can turn the tears into super happy tears. <laughs> what are you yeah. most excited about right now in the world of poetry? Mm, I guess hmm, that's, that's such a good question. I mean, for me, I'm excited about my free to work. I'm excited about getting ekphrastic into more mainstream. Po- I don't feel like a lot of people do it because I think it's hard and kind of like, where do you start? You know, <laughs> and unless you're like a nut like me and you think about Frida Kahlo all the time, like, <laughs> you know, it kind of needs to be someone who's like your soul sister to do that with. I think it's very hard to just go look at some painting you know, someone's like, here's a Monet, do an acrostic. Well, fine, you can do that. But it's not going to be like what I'm trying to do, which is to speak in the first person from her voice from when she was alive. Like, be her and give her the microphone. It's not necessarily me. It's me and her mixed. And this book is more me and I'm more in it than the first one. The first mm-hmm. one, I wasn't in it as much. But I find that very exciting. I find prose poetry very exciting. I really like books that have every kind of craft form. Like I like books that have a sonnet and then a wild stream of consciousness and then a prose box. You know, I like it when authors have mastered as such that they can take a book and they're not just all one page poems kind of with little couplet line breaks. Like, you know, yay, but no, not yay. It's not for me. Like I want excitement, not just in the voice, but in the form and the craft. I like risk. I like, I just did a blog for Alan and Paul the other day. Like risk is so much part of your voice. If you're not taking risks, how is anyone going to know you wrote that? Unless someone, like, I want people to know it's in my poem. Maybe if they didn't even see my name at the top, like Mm -hmm. that's the risk. You know, if you put your heart in it completely, they'll be like, that's Ellie Horn. Yes. Perfect. And if they don't know that that's my poem, then I didn't do it quite right in my mind. You know, they're like, that's not big enough. It's not verbose enough. It's not upsetting enough. It doesn't have any swear words. Like I want it to be, I like it loud. Even when I do a quiet poem, I like it loudly quiet, kind of raging under the surface. (laughs) That's who you are. That's perfect. That's the kind of stuff that gets me excited. So when I see other authors doing that, but in their way, I get very excited and I usually want to publish them. <laughs> well, so on that, as we kind of start to wrap things up, who are the artists and authors uh, we should be looking for, maybe coming from Animal Heart and then uh, outside of as well? Let's see. So I'm coming up at Broken Spine. I'm not sure how many I'm allowed to tell about at Animal Heart. I wish Amanda was here to tell me what I'm allowed and not allowed to say. <laughs> I mean, we've been working with Ankh Spice for some months now with a book of his. I'm not sure where we are with that, but we very much want to work with him. And we have a really neat book coming out in February of, it's actually Ekphrastic and it's uh, Derek Owens and Caroline Golden, who are a brilliant team of painter, uh, of collagist and poet out of Brooklyn. Um, So we're going to have a lot of stuff in Brooklyn next spring. I'll go down and we'll host events there. 
trying to get us into different galleries there. We're going to go to AWP. As they put I out their, I, I did like seeing they put out their first health warning notice. Makes me very oh, weary, uh, weary to, yeah. uh, to get those tickets to Philadelphia. I'm hoping. I, I fingers crossed. I'd like to be out there. I know. I well, I bought a ticket, so I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna mask my entire head, <laughs> and, like wrap it up with <laughs> Saran wrap with a breathing tube and go. I mean, ah. I want to go so badly. I've wanted to go for three years and yeah. Beth and I were going to meet there and have a booth or have a little a table, maybe not a, like a it's, full tent. It is, a, so lot of, it is a lot of fun. It's a, yeah. well, luckily, luckily it was in Portland, which is, you know, 10 minutes right. from where we live. So right. it, it was amazing. And it was it, connecting with everybody in a real world instead of a virtual world is, is, uh, uh, I know. Well, yeah. Hopefully something we will all get like, to do it feels soon. Like, you know, like a rite of passage like <laughs> yes. as, as the poet, but also as a publisher, like yeah. if the press is there, you've kind of doing something right. I got, you know, and on that note, <laughs> I think you guys are doing something right. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and chatting and we will talk soon. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to TPQ 20. Please like review and subscribe. 